Hello and welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And my mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. This podcast is sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS, a 21-day plan that takes you step-by-step through healing and thriving with PCOS. It's all in there waiting for you, beginning with the three keys to living your best life as a PCOS diva. For more details, visit HealingPCOS.com. Today's guest is Dr. Becky Campbell. She is a board-certified doctor of natural medicine with expertise in functional medicine and clinical nutrition. She's the founder of the popular blog, DrBeckyCampbell.com, and the author of The 30-Day Thyroid Reset Plan. Welcome, Dr. Becky, to the PCOS Diva podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I was fortunate enough to get a copy of your fantastic new book, and um, I've been reading it over the last couple of days, and it's, it's such a great manual, I think, not only for women with thyroid issues, which many of us with PCOS have, but also just women with chronic health conditions in general. So congrats on your book. Thank you so much. So you are a functional medicine practitioner, and I just wanted um, you to take a moment to kind of explain to listeners what that, what that means and what um, makes you different from like your traditional allopath mainstream medical doctor. Yeah, so I think the biggest difference in, you know, the way that I view it is when you have an issue and you go to a conventional medicine practitioner, you're typically going to get more of a minimal blood testing, um, and it's, it's going to be a problem that you find once it's become really bad, bad enough to show up, you know, out of the conventional medicine lab ranges, and typically you'll be given, you know, maybe a medication to kind of manage the disease. Not really any information on diet or exercise, you know, to go along with that. And, and honestly, from what I hear from my patients, a lot of um, times they experience their doctor saying that diet has nothing to do with it when, you know, clearly research shows otherwise. So, um, and then when you go to functional medicine doctor, I think what we try to do is take the testing a step further um, you know, digging in not only to find out, do you have, let's say it's a thyroid condition, but, w- you know, doing testing and looking in at different ranges to see where it is in the disease. Like if it's early, we want to catch it early and then not only catch it, but then see, well, what else could be driving this? You know, what's going on with other areas of the body that could be making you feel the way that you do, or, you know, making your body respond the way that it is. So, following that up with, you know, specific diet plans um, to help support whatever's going on in the body, trying to do, you know, more natural stuff like meditation and, you know, even increasing her social life, you know, things that make you happy and then looking at supplementation for things that your body's missing. Um, So I'd say less of a Band-Aid kind of approach, more of like really digging in and figuring out where all things are coming from. 
Yeah, we often hear like getting to the root cause of your mm-hmm. condition rather than just treating like the symptoms. Right. Um, yeah. And so I thought your book was really interesting because you present this idea of hidden triggers or what, what I was thinking of um, in terms of roadblocks that keep you from optimum health. And, you know, I think uh, women with PCOS, you know, are dealing with a lifelong condition. And these roadblocks that you or triggers that you talk about in your book um, are so applicable um, to women with PCOS. I think that's something that um, we really need to consider. And I would love it if you could give us an overview of what you believe the seven hidden triggers are that are keeping you sick. Yeah. And like you said, I think that these triggers really apply to so many different um, things that people can be going through with their health. And, you know, a lot of people with PCOS have Hashimoto's, like you said. So it's another reason why these really apply to both kind of equally. So the first thing is, you know, leaky gut. Leaky gut is really kind of at the top of the list, you know, for for issues that we're finding in people these days that can cause so many negative symptoms and um, conditions. So can I ask you, just interrupt for a second, can I ask you, like, why is it that if you go to your, you know, regular primary care practitioner and mention leaky gut, like, they'll kind of roll their eyes at you and <laughs> um, yeah. think that that's all kind of hogwash? I think that if, if something doesn't have a medication yet, they don't believe it's a real thing. Um, because it's typically go and get a medication. So if there's no medication to be given for it, they, then it doesn't exist. I mean, that's kind of my take on it. Um, and I've actually heard, I, I can't remember who talked about this before, how they are actually ta- you know, coming up with a leaky gut medication. And so now that's why you will actually hear some more uh, conventional medicine doctors talk about it you know, more than they were, were willing to in the past. Okay, great. Yeah. So, you know, basically, you know, leaky gut is when the lining of your gut has very small holes as it should, but those holes become larger. And so essentially the food that you're eating is not being completely digested before it's getting out into the bloodstream. So it's getting out in large particles and that causes a lot of inflammation and it also causes, you know, your body to, to mark it as a foreign invader. And then so that's when we start to develop antibodies. And um, it, it definitely in, can increase your chances of getting autoimmune diseases. So with, with thyroid disease, most people with hypothyroidism have it because they have something called Hashimoto's disease, which is the um, autoimmune component uh, that causes the body to attack the thyroid tissue and then therefore decrease thyroid hormones. So it's the number one cause of hypothyroidism. So you can see how leaky gut can play a, a very big role in this. Yeah, and inflammation is a leading driver of PCOS too. And right. I think that um, that's one of the reasons that women do really well on a diet that sort of um, takes away some of those foods that can um, 
make leaky gut worse and then adding supplementation that help to kind of heal the lining of your gut as well. Right. Exactly. Yes. I mean, it plays a role in so many, because I think, you know, inflammation is at the root of all disease, you know? Mm-hmm. So with that, you have this issue with your gut that's causing all this inflammation. It's really, it can be a big problem for so many people suffering with so many different issues. Okay, so we have, um, I mean, I wanted to ask you about the food sensitivities. How do you like to work with patients on uncovering those sensitivities? So when I, you know, a few years ago, I always started off with a food sensitivity test. And then I started realizing that it was more the condition of their gut leading to the food sensitivities than actual foods causing the original problem. So what I started to do was test their gut, you know, looking for gut infections and leaky gut, and then work to fix all that. And then if people were finding they still had issues with foods, then I would start doing food sensitivity testing. So that's pretty much how I practice. I do think that certain foods for certain people are a problem, whether their, their gut's healthy or not. But I really see it driven by leaky gut so much. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what is the second trigger that you're, you're finding? So the HPA access, which most people, you know, hear about as adrenal fatigue, um, but it's really just the access that controls the adrenals and the thyroid and really all of the hormones. So they all work together. You know, your, your thyroid function can affect your adrenal function. Your adrenal function can affect your thyroid function. And your, the symptoms of both issues are very, very similar. So a lot of times people will confuse one for the other or they'll have both and think they only have one. So I always do the Dutch test on people. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's, it's a really great test that looks at the adrenal hormones, sex hormones, and organic acids. I mean, all these really um, amazing things it tests for, but it's just so important to support the adrenal glands when you're looking at thyroid function and, and, and also PCOS. I mean, it's, it's your stress access, basically, you know, your cortisol is your stress hormone. So any stress on the body, whether it's caused by a thyroid issue, PCOS, you know, emotional feelings, whatever it is, it's going to cause a reaction with this access. Yeah, and we and I have done a podcast on the Dutch test with Dr. Carrie. Um, it's Carrie Jones, um, and I will post that in the the show notes. So if you're interested in more information about the Dutch test, you can listen to that podcast. Um, you know, at reading your book, you talk about perceived stress and circadian disruption and glycemic dysregulation and inflammatory signaling, um, all tied in with. Um, that trigger of the HPA axis imbalance. And I think that most women with PCOS have some level of all of those um, dysregulations and disruptions. Right, exactly. Yeah, and this is why, you know, when I was saying uh, the difference of conventional and functional medicine, this is why looking into all of these factors is so important because there's no medication that's going to fix that. You have to start getting sleep. You have to do the right type of exercise. You have to be controlling your blood sugar with the food that you're eating. And, you know, all of these things come into play, doing meditation, you know, 
managing the way you perceive stress is it's very, very important. And I think it's um, kind of freeing when you understand this because you realize that so much of um, the healing is in your hands based upon the lifestyle choices that you make for yourself. It really, really is. I mean, I went through it myself and it's such a difference once I learned the functional medicine approach versus all the different medications I tried that didn't help me. Um, you know, it's, it's really amazing too to, to really learn about what's going on with your body and have that knowledge and then to know what to do about it. And, you know, as you know, having PCOS, the same thing with having Hashimoto's, you have highs and lows and you know what to do you know, if you've helped your body to heal, you know what to do when you have those issues kind of flare up again, you can actually do stuff and be proactive and and help yourself. And it is, it's, it really is empowering. So tell us about the third trigger. So gut infections, this is, I think the trigger behind everything (laughs) really, but I think most people have some, some issue going on with their gut, whether they have symptoms or not. Um, But the immune system lies primarily in the gut. Most of it does. And so this is one of the reasons this is so important. But we have, you know, good bacteria, which we want in the gut, but we don't want, you know, the wrong ratio of good to bad bacteria. We don't want bad bacteria to build up. So in the large intestine, that can happen. You can also have um, a yeast overgrowth, which is referred to as candida. You can have parasites. You can have H. pylori. I mean, you can have a lot going on in there. And then there's SIBO, which is the small intestine bacteria overgrowth. And this is something that I really see a lot in a lot of people. And, you know, with, with hypothyroidism, one of the biggest complaints is constipation, but SIBO also causes constipation. So a lot of people find that, again, like the, the symptoms that they're having that are labeled as a thyroid issue or as a, you know, whatever condition you're labeled with, it can also be tied to what's going on with what's in the gut and, and healing the gut can make your immune system stronger and make you going to the bathroom regularly, even if you have hypothyroidism um, and really decrease your chances of having more autoimmune diseases. So how would you go about testing for these gut infections? So I use a SIBO breath test. I've alternated between different companies, so I'm not going to name the company because I, I try different ones. But, um, and in, they're, they're a little faulty sometimes. You can't always trust uh, the breath tests. They're not perfect. But the breath test, um, Cyrex Labs has a, a, an array that tests for you know, bacteria in the small and large intestine, and it's kind of looking at leaky gut. So that's pretty thorough. I do that on a lot of people. And then I do a stool test. I, I either do the doctor's data, three-day test, or I do the GI map, which I'm using the GI map mostly now. And then you can come up with a protocol for healing based on those um, results? Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, is that people, everyone thinks they have candida. And a lot of times it's not. You know, it's mm-hmm. just bacteria or, or it could be parasites. They all kind of mimic each other. But really knowing which one you have can can alter what you should actually be doing to get rid of it. 
you know, there are definitely broad spectrum natural antimicrobial supplements that work really well, but then sometimes you need to add something that's more specific, you know, specific to yeast to really, you know, get the yeast if there's yeast and bacteria. So that's why I really test um, whenever someone can, you know, I, I always prefer to do the testing and then I create their protocol based on whatever the results are. I think that testing for gut infections is, can often be the missing piece mm-hmm. um, for a lot of women. And it's something that I don't think that a lot of PCOS practitioners, it's even on their radar. Yeah, I mean, and it definitely should be because I, I have a lot of patients with PCOS and almost all of them have gut infections. Mm-hmm. Even with no symptoms in the gut, they would think they had nothing wrong with their gut. And then they that's the first thing I do. Besides supporting the liver and changing the diet, the first thing I do is test for the gut. You know, I test really thoroughly for the gut. Well, I think one of your other triggers is something that I see in, in so many women with PCOS, which is vitamin deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I, it's actually driven a lot of it by gut infections. You know, a lot of our nutrients are absorbed in the small intestine. And if you have SIBO, you're not going to be absorbing your nutrients properly. Um, so that and, you know, having too little hydrochloric acid can be a problem. And then people are taking, you know, proton pump inhibitors, and that's decreasing the absorption of their nutrients. So, you know, whatever the cause of their, of their deficiency is, it can be really substantial and causing whatever the issue is, you know, not having enough iodine, not having enough um, selenium, you know, especially for thyroid issues, you know, having inflammatory markers high, you know, all those different things from vitamin deficiencies can be a huge, huge problem. So it's really important to, you know, not, not only to take the right vitamins, but to, to know which ones you're deficient in. So again, you know, that's where I test so that people know. And also if you have a gut infection you, and just taking supplements isn't really going to fix the problem because you have to, taking vitamin, you know, like taking vitamins for the vitamin deficiency isn't always going to solve the problem if you have a gut infection. So that's why, again, I always start with the gut so that when we do find out what vitamins you're deficient in, you can actually absorb them, you know, really well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Something else that I don't hear a lot of um, talk about, I mean, we talk about detoxification, um, and how important it is to you know help your liver, but um, I don't hear a lot about one of your other triggers, which is heavy metal toxicity. So yeah, I if you could talk about that. Well, so you know, I think if you're let's say over the age of maybe thirty-five or I don't know, maybe thirty, you've had if you've ever been to the dentist for a cavity, you have you know mercury or you've had it at least at one point in your mouth. And, you know, those little fillings are releasing gas all the time and putting them in and taking them out also is a big point at which they, they cause a big release. And unfortunately, once they realized that the fillings were made out of harmful material, they started just popping them out and putting in composite. But then you had all this release of the mercury into the body. So that's, that happened to me. I had five mercury fillings from when I was a kid. And as an adult, I had them all removed in one day. And I can tell you that right after that is when I was at my worst. 
and the whatever, you know, there's other heavy metals as well, wherever you're getting them from, but they, that can stick into the, you know, it gets into the tissues of the body and the thyroid is one of the places that that can happen. And that's how I specifically related to thyroid disease, but just in the, in the body in general, it can get into any of the tissues. Um, so this is really, you know, I, I think if you, you could list any symptom, you could relate it back to heavy metal toxicity. And, you know, this doesn't mean that I think people should all go out and start chelating because I think chelation can be really dangerous if it's not done properly. For those who don't know what that means, can you explain? Yes. Yeah. It's a process of pulling metals from the body. There's different ways you can do it. Some foods do it like cilantro um, is a natural chelator. But then there's really intense methods of doing it as well that can be really dangerous. And it's, you have to work with someone who knows how to not only pull it gently from the body, but also to get it out of the body. A lot of times what can happen is people can start pulling it and then it just kind of gets moved from one place to the other. And that can really, really cause issues for people. So I'm always really careful about who I even will do this with. And I do it really, really gently, but you know, there's, there's heavy metals all over. They're in the environment. They're in, you know, our makeup products are filled with them if you're not using certain um, brands that don't include those. And so it's really important to not only, you know, think about your dental history, but think about what you're using. You know, what are you putting on your skin that could be pulling toxin or heavy metals into the body? And then if you think that it's, it could be a cause for one of your problems, Again, working with someone who's going to know if you're even a good candidate for chelation, and if so, how to do it gently. Mm-hmm. So let, we got two more triggers to talk about, and um, trigger six is something that most of us with PCOS know all about, which is sex hormone dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, what I see mostly with thyroid issues is you know, estrogen dominance, um, and again, going back to those makeup and, uh, you know, the cosmetics and the skincare, we see that the xenoestrogens and those cosmetics really raise the estrogen levels in our body. And that can cause a lot of issues that can definitely directly affect the thyroid. It can affect the HPA access, you know, it can affect everything. So, um, you know, it, that's one another reason I really like that Dutch test. It, it tells you not only what your levels are, but it, gosh, it breaks it down so much into what type of estrogen is high. You know, what does that mean, and why is that happening? And and I just think it's really important to know all this because it could be driving all of your issues. Yeah, and when I took it, I was thinking that I was low in progesterone, and I was you know, now that I'm in my <laughs> approaching my late forties, yikes, um, that I needed some progesterone supplementation. And I'm so glad that I did that test because my progesterone was normal. And, yeah. um, you know, you don't want to be adding, um, you know, natural bioidentical hormones if you don't need them. And so yeah. I think that's another great reason to do a, a hormonal test, like a Dutch test. Um, right. Yeah. I know, and so many people do, they, they just, you know, they see it wherever they start adding, well, it's natural, you know, the natural cream made from yams. And I've had many Dutch tests come back where the progesterone's high. So you definitely don't 
ever. I mean, I think more importantly than any other one of these things we've talked about, don't ever take hormones without knowing what your hormone levels are. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that was a good lesson for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and your the final trigger is chronic um, infections. Can you tell us what you mean by that? Yeah, so there's chronic infections. I think a lot of people are talking about Epstein-Barr now, um, Lyme disease. Those are, you know, the biggest things that people are talking about. There's other viruses. There's a lot of other viruses, though, that drive all of these issues. And, you know, with, with these viruses, they, they're not, you know, the certain types of viruses like Epstein-Barr, they, they kind of lie dormant for a while and then they can flare up. So for me specifically, I got um, an Epstein-Barr activation in college right before I found out I had a thyroid issue. I mean, I was knocked out every day, exhausted all day, had no idea why. And then I got strep throat, I think six times in one year. And um, after that is when I, I started to really go downhill and then I started looking for an answer. But it's, you know, a lot of people saying what I talk about in the book is how, you know, the virus can actually settle in your organs. So for thyroid, you know, people with thyroid issues, it can settle in the thyroid gland. And then that can really start to activate Hashimoto's disease. And and same with PCOS. I mean, it can it can do the same all all different places in the body. So if people, um, you know, if you're kind of looked at all of these other triggers, um, do you recommend that if people are still dealing with, um, like, what symptoms, I guess, would you associate with things like Epstein Barr or Lyme? Like, how I think that you often those diagnoses are missed so often. Yeah. Yeah, I think that when you just can't get rid of the fatigue, like when you have that chronic fatigue, you know when you have obscene bar, you are you could sleep for 12 hours and you'll wake up tired still. And it it typically lasts for about 6 months without any type of intervention. Um so when you're if you're feeling like that, and you've, you know, you've looked at the gut, you've looked at the adrenals, you've changed the diet, and you're still feeling that way, then I always run a viral panel. Um, so, you know, the problem with running a viral panel is that it's, it can be hard to distinguish if it's a current or a past, you know, flare up or, you know, onset of the disease or of the infection. So, and the same with Lyme testing, you know, that bacteria can be so far into those cells that it can be actually really hard to detect on testing. So I think for me and my practice, it's my kind of last resort. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would hate to put someone through a really rigorous protocol of Lyme, you know, protocol if it wasn't that. So I always try to work with, you know, the easier to manage gut, adrenals, that type of stuff first. But yeah, if you if you're you're just you've tried everything and you just can't feel better, that's typically when you'll get diagnosed with Lyme or with one of the viruses. And I know even Lyme, a lot of Lyme patients haven't actually had a positive Lyme test. They just it's based on, you know, how they feel. It's just with Lyme, it's a little different than Epstein Barr. Lyme is more serious. You know, you just feel terrible all the time, all these symptoms, nothing you do is working. 
um, there's really no relief. And that that's when you would know, all right, let's look into kind of some of these more serious, you know, infections. Yeah, and I'm living here in New Hampshire, I have so many friends that are affected by Lyme, and it's really um, devastating, but there's a lot of hope because I've seen them really change their, um, their health um, around with the right type of treatment. Yeah, exactly. And you just have to, with Lyme, it's like I would never, ever look online and be like, this is a Lyme protocol. I'm going to do this. No, definitely work with a Lyme practitioner. And I am not a Lyme practitioner. Like I would actually refer people out with Lyme because people who they're Lyme practitioners, they know every single in and out of this disease. And that's who you need to see because you can feel terrible or you can get so much help and totally get better. So yeah, definitely. Well, I I do want to talk about who you like to work with. I know that you work virtually with, with patients all over the world, but you're based um, in Florida. Yeah, I'm in Florida. I work, I was working in Florida. I had two practices and I ended up working with so many people out of state and even eventually out of the country that I just decided to go virtual so I could, you know, really virtually just work with anyone who really needed it. Because in a lot of places, there is no functional medicine practitioner locally. So I think that working um, virtually really allows me to work with those people who don't have those options. Yeah, that's wonderful because they, it's, it is far and few between to often to find a functional um, medicine practitioner. And that's, you know, when people reach out to me and say, you know, who do I, do you, can you recommend somebody? Um, it's usually some, it doesn't really matter if you're an OBGYN or, or not, <laughs> but if you have sort of this functional medicine training, you can usually get to the root cause of your issues with PCOS. I mean, and using these, yeah. th- these seven triggers that we just talked about. Yeah, exactly. I find that it's, it works that way with most problems that people come to me for. It's kind mm-hmm. of just going down the same road. And, you know, there is some specific things depending on what it is that I might do with diet or whatever, or I may look in a different place if it's something. But, you know, for the most part, this book is really for everything. I mean, and that's what some of the feedback I'm getting from so many people, whether it's practitioners or patients, I've had even a lot of practitioners saying, you know, this, I, I give this book to everybody. Yeah. And again, whether the book is called, um, the 30 day thyroid reset plan. And is it, um, available Amazon? I'm sure. Yeah, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, local bookstores. It's kind of all over the place. Right. And where can somebody listening find out more about the work that you do, um, you know, and if they're interested in scheduling a consult? So my website, drbeckycampbell.com, is um, where you can schedule your consults. You can read my blogs. You can learn more about what I do in my practice. And then as far as social media goes, I'm much more engaged on Instagram these days, um, really, than anywhere else except for I do have a private Facebook group called uh, Thyroid Support with Dr. Becky. Awesome. Well, and your book, again, is really beautiful and some really wonderful recipes. It's kind of a coffee table type cookbook with beautiful pictures um, and just just a really nice book. And I'm just so happy that you took the time to come on to the show. 
Thank you so much for having me. Well, and I wanted to thank everyone for listening today as well. And I really look forward to being with you again very soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and learned a little something that can help you along in your journey. For more information about PCOS and PCOS Diva products and programs, visit PCOSDiva.com. This podcast was sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS. It's my proven 21-day diet and lifestyle plan to help women with PCOS take back control of their health and resolve their symptoms. Healing PCOS offers you daily, small, manageable steps that help alleviate symptoms and control the inflammation, hormonal imbalance, and insulin resistance that underlie PCOS. The 21-day plan consists of a 21-day anti-inflammatory hormone-balancing meal plan, including meal prep and plan-ahead tips to make eating like a PCOS diva sustainable, 85 delicious recipes, daily lessons, and self-care exercises. I have helped tens of thousands of women with PCOS take back control over their health and their lives through lasting healing and sustainable lifestyle change. So whether you're newly diagnosed or have struggled a lifetime with PCOS, this book is for you. Find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold.